So, you know, my off days never seem to disappoint me. It's always something eye-opening, right? It doesn't mean eye-opening for me personally. Nothing personally happened to me. But a stark observation of proving preconceived biases and stereotypes were confirmed today. So, I was uh, going through a very pretty busy area at the prime time of... Was it's seven? Oh, by the way, recording this at seven oh nine p.m. on January thirty first, Monday, and I was a. There was an accident, not on my side of the median, but on the other side of the median, so it didn't interfere with our traffic. Um, so I was driving through, and I see this red Nissan Elantra. So of course. What's my first thought? 19-year-old freshman at KSU, probably. And when I drove past there, guess who were the two girls outside of the car? Freshman, 19-year-old girls at KSU. Not making assumptions. All I'm saying is the accident just proved otherwise. Fine. Basically... What it looked like uh, from basically my observation of driving past is she basically looked like she was going across three or four lanes simultaneously. She's probably saying fuck the turn signal. And uh, next thing you know, um, her life turned upside down and around. Not really, but the side of her uh, driver's side, her mirror, and the front, the front side of the driver's side completely smushed. But... Basically, the car was going to be salvaged in total, but probably repairable. Probably a good $4,000 repair. But that's not the important part. The important part is when I walk by, I will give them credit. The accident probably looked like it happened six minutes ago. Probably still fresh in the mind. And it's these two girls, small little petite white girls. The white part's not really necessary, but just setting up the scene, details are very important to me. Actually, the white part is very necessary. Anyways, <laughs> so I pass by calmly. I see they're putting something on top of their... They're pulling things just casually out of their car. Like you would be if you were um, coming home and you're putting stuff on top of your car because you got multiple bags or you got multiple grocery bags. You got multiple this. You put something on top of your car to close the door, lock the door. But this is in the middle of the road. And they just gradually... I noticed they had, they put a couple bags on top of their car. And what were those bags? Well, from my point of view, they were Chick-fil-A bags. Um, They probably had both like two chicken sandwiches in each of them. And they probably got spicy for the other one to, you know, feel alive. Can you add a little zing in your life? Spicy chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. Had a little zest. Uh, there's that term again. Zest. Which is, by the way, a brand of a body wash. Uh, actually, pretty good quality. Anyways. And, of course, my observation was, of course, it would be fucking Chick-fil-A. They're just gradually pulling out of the car after an accident. That's your main concern. You have $4,000 plus of repairs. And you're calm. And out of calmness, you just grab the Chick-fil-A bags and put it on top of your car. And you're just grabbing things out of your car like, ah, what are you going to do? I'm pretty sure the accident happened because they're like, whoopsies. Oops, I just ran over a curb at 95 miles per hour. You know, those type of people. Oopsies. And I'm pretty sure that Chick-fil-A bag contributed to the accident. Those bags contributed to the accident. I don't know how, but I've seen too many people eat while driving. Eating while driving is pretty actually similar to being on the phone while driving. To me, Um, texting is way worse than actually like calling being on the phone. But like when you see people actually holding a phone to there, it's like one, invest in a Bluetooth. You're in a 2019 vehicle. Every vehicle 
made in like 2015 plus has automated Bluetooth already fucking in it. And on top of that, even if it's an older vehicle, you can finesse some Bluetooth in there. Because I've done it. I've lived life. But, and of course, it was right in front of the Chick-fil-A that was right there. A very busy one at that. So that means they literally pulled out into this thing and they just zipped through the yield and did some bullshit and sideswiped someone. And I will say, fortunately, at least the car they sideswiped didn't get their car fucked up. Because they were in a big fucking like gray Tahoe type of suburban vehicle. But this little Nissan Elantra, Elantra, I should say, it got fucked up pretty good. So, all I gotta say is, I think that's what happens when you get too good a service at Chick-fil-A. People think they have a good, life's good. They never have to wait for anything, so then they get on the road and they're impatient fucks. Because they think everyone operates on Chick-fil-A time, where we have eight people. We have, like, the Chick-fil-A process is weird. You go to some locations... They have a person before you actually get to the thing, and they take your order on a keypad, and by the time you get to the voice box, if you had a small order, they'll just walk it to you and say, get the fuck out of here. And, like, you never actually make it to the window where they typically hand out food. They actually have people outside the drive-thru wearing coats when it's 25 degrees out, and they're like, get out there with your eight bucks an hour and freeze your ass off to make sure everyone gets their sandwiches and salads and wraps. But that's what happens when you go to those establishments, you become spoiled. They need to go to like a a 24-hour McDonald's at 1 a.m. with eight people in line. Not ones that are wrapped around the just with like eight people in line. That middle ground where you, you have a hard time justify waiting for 40 minutes. And then you get on the road and you become more gracious and realize patience is a virtue. And that patience... Isn't something to take for granted. And you know what? Chick-fil-A, I believe, has fucked up young people's minds driving. They expect the road, the open road. Uh, I guess you could say they definitely feel like they blessed the broken road. That's a Chick-fil-A type of shit. They really feel like them being on the road is blessing it. They think that Chick-fil-A sandwich is just blessing everyone's day. Well, you just fucked up yours. I don't know. Maybe you'll be fine. Maybe you just got hundreds of thousands in the bank. Maybe your baby daddy will pay for it. Actually, probably not. But maybe your sugar daddy will pay for it. I don't know. But, moral of the story is, I think Chick-fil-A is responsible for that. Since we live in a society where we blame things that aren't directly responsible for the actual thing happening oh like it'd be like if you go to a drive-thru and the person yelled at you and distressed you like oh my god it freaked me out i got on the road and i was emotional and boom caused a three-car crash uh killed two infants and caused a family a lifetime of tragedy but then you sue the taco bell because they're the reason why you went on the road and drove 78 miles per hour and be a fucking asswipe So, I blame Chick-fil-A. Might as well take advantage of it. White and pretty privilege. I don't know if pretty privilege, pretty privilege applies to me. Um, I'm like a Carrie Hilson. Pretty girl rock. My name is Carrie. I'm so very. My, oh my. It's a little bit scary. Boys want to marry. Looking at my dairy. Is it dairy? I think she means derriere, but she just abbreviated Sweet and a swisher, mad cause I'm cuter than the girl that's with you. I could talk about it cause I know that I'm pretty. If you know it too, then go to Chick-fil-A and say it with me. Uh, yeah, so, bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. Welcome, damn, I didn't really need to stop with these 10 minute opens. Welcome, good thing for the timestamps. Welcome to episode 105 of the Off and Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Clint, and I'm going to start doing daily episodes. 
maybe not literally every day, but do them as much as possible. I'm going to record a couple today, get a little inside baseball here, and record a couple today. Don't worry. I know people worry that when you record multiple at a time or in a day, it lessens the quality, and I would say quality is already not here, so what are you going to do? But no, I'll probably record one now, record one five or six hours later, you know, the space between. So the Dave Matthews band, it's weird because I ran, never had like you randomly look up a band or a group or an artist that you've never really actually listened to before. You've, you may have heard their music on the radio, you've heard the appeal of the Dave Matthews band. Oh, by the way, like and subscribe and don't forget to suck some titties. And crash into me. That's a Dave Matthews Band reference. And I'm not even going to pretend I've actually listened to a lot of Dave Matthews Band's music on purpose. Which is kind of a lazy name. Like, there's like 11 people in the Dave Matthews Band playing a lot of fucking instruments. And we're just going to say Dave Matthews. Like, over years they couldn't come up with a name. And I get it, once you become famous, you can't just change the name. But, like, I believe they started the group with, like, seven or eight people. It's the same with the Zac Brown Band. Not as many people. But the Dave Matthews Band has a lot of people playing a lot of different instruments. It's a very, uh, ironic, literally diverse, diverse musically, and diversity, actually, in the people, ironically. Um... But yeah, which is not what you would expect when you listen to a Dave Matthews song, if we're going to be completely honest about it. When I listen to a Dave Matthews band song, I'm not exactly like, wow, the diversity in this, I can feel it. But, hey, some things surprise you. But the Dave Matthews, um, I, I randomly, I typed in the Dave Matthews band on Spotify, and I was like, there's such this big group that I hear about a lot, and I know I've heard the songs in passing, and I know what they sound like, but I don't know the names of any of the songs. So, I played The Space Between. Kind of like The Space Between, our connection is a thousand miles away, White Chicks edition. Which is kind of weird that White Chicks, that movie is kind of just... I. I think it's been said before, I don't think the white chick stuff gets all enough credit. But see, at the time when we watched in 2004, it was just funny. You weren't thinking about the transgender, you were just thinking about two dudes dressing up as women undercover, and they're playing the general specific stuff. But they weren't trying to be treated special, it was just for humor, and actually, it was actually still a compassionate way as you can be doing that type of subject. So, I think White Chicks deserves to be part of the LGBTQ, like, award show. Like, it should be like a uh, Mark Twain award, or it should be like a movie of the past, like, two-decade award, you know? You know, like, they'll be like, when they don't actually give actors in real-time nomination and awards for actual good work they've done, so they just give them, like... Actor of the decade. It's like, how am I the actor of the decade? But I've never actually won an award in that decade. It's like in the NFL when they give an offensive player of the year, but then the MVP is a different offensive player that actually won the MVP. And I get it, MVP technically means something different than being the best player. But typically, the MVP is just the best player. We're going to be real about it. Dude that puts up the best stats, has the best team success combined. No no QB that goes 9-7 and seven and wins a wild card game is winning the MVP, okay? It's the QB that wins 12, 13, 14 games, throws for 5,000 yards, throws 48 touchdowns. They're going to win the MVP. It's pretty simple. It's a QB award. But it's the same with actors. It's the same with even music. They'll have like artists of the decade. Drake's is the exception because... I don't even know how many, I think he won that one Grammys and then did the fucking speech and they're like, they cut his mic when he basically said, these awards don't mean shit, even though I just won the Artist of the Decade Award. It's like, it's all, it's all bullshit, you know? It doesn't mean anything. If you trust your music, which is actually, he was actually getting some real shit, which you would think a person that makes the his level 
and makes that type of money would actually be a lot more disconnected. But I think he's realistic with his life and like, yeah, look, I'm in a different place. It's like the line said in the song, I'm in a different place and I choose to embrace it. He's like, I'm in a different tax bracket. I understand I don't have the same problems as you. My problems is, damn, all these girls want to steal my semen of the eight girls I fucked today. So I have to put hot sauce and everything. Like, that is Drake's problem. And it's a pretty good problem, but it could be a pretty real problem that you have to live with. And I get it. But when you see these actors decade, they win actor of the year. And I, I don't have, remember, I'm just literally going off like, you know, speeches I've seen from actors. And they'll be like... Oh, yeah, they've been nominated one time, and they came in, like, third place in that nomination. It's like, oh, but they won Actor of the Decade. And, look, maybe the argument could be made just because you don't... It's better to be consistent, like, top six or seven in your field for 15 years than to be only number one and two for, like, a three-year stretch because it's about consistency. It's like... Would you rather be, for example, um, even though this is really recency bias, Patrick Mahomes is just fine, but would you rather have the Patrick Mahomes peak three years that he's had, or would you rather have, let's just say, trying to think of a QB or a player, or would you rather have the sustainability of like Philip Rivers, where, yeah, look, you're going to win eight, nine, ten games, um, you're going to make it to playoffs. Your team's going to be kind of underachieving, but you're always going to be the strength. You're always going to throw for 4,600 yards, 33 touchdowns, 12 to 13 picks. But you're going to be really consistent and good for 12 to 13 years. But you're not going to be the Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to have those peak years of legendary. It's like, you know, there's a place for that. There's, there's, real, um, there's a real thing for consistency and sustainability. But... Like these NFL and NBA awards where they're like you win D like I think this is a real thing. Like someone could win rookie of the year, but then someone wins rookie offensive player of the year. When typically the rookie of the year is just the guy that averages the most points and is significantly better than the rest of the field, which is typically like a top five pick in the draft which is why they were a top five pick in the draft. In actually recent history, it's always been just the number one pick in the draft with the exception of like Anthony Bennett. But look, it's just, um, it's just, it's just this dumb thing where we make semantics in society and try to have it convince me to make sense. And I know I'm not the only person who's thought of this. Like, how do you win... How, like, how are you going to say I'm the best at something, but never actually reward me in the reward system that I'm the best at it? You can't say I'm the greatest director of the past. You can't say um, Quinn Tarantino is undisputably the greatest director of the past 20 years. And, but he has run a reward, so I'm creating a hypothetical situation. Someone off the top of my You can't say... You can't say he's the greatest director of the past 20 years. But then you shun him out of every awards show. It's the same. And I know what's coming up. The any type of. It's this dumb shit. Like with basketball. Um, Like for example. The NBA will be. Someone wins. Someone wins. Um comeback player of the year but they're not coming back from anything it's always just coming back like a comeback player of the year is really like coming back from injury but in recent history they've also done some weird shit where it's just like a guy went from 13 points to 18 points and he's coming back because he was in a weird situation and they had storylines all the oh he's playing with the coach that didn't believe in him. Now you got a coach. He's coming back. He's like, no, that's what the most improved player is for. That's what the most improved player is for. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just dumb as fuck. And how are you gonna like what's the point of numbers? And I'm not into it's all about the numbers. But you can't sit here and say, This is the greatest song. 
but that you can't say this is the album of the year. But it ranked 32nd in album sales. And by the way, not all music that sells is good. And not all music that doesn't sell isn't good. That is fucking obvious. But the song, that, the album that the person that sold the most albums or that streamed the most, that matters. It fucking matters. Because what's the It's like, hey, I did all the accomplishments that prove I'm on top of the game. It's like, yeah, but us writers and us... 70 people that vote on this shit because we know more about it than you, the people that are actually making this shit. We're going to tell you, actually, it doesn't matter because we got to place an importance of us having a personal subjective perspective and everything's subjective and that is okay. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. I can't wait to get my podcast an award. I don't know when that'll be. I'm going to manifest it. You know, that there's this real thing of... I hate the word manifest. I prefer the word speak into existence. Because manifesting, you know, when I hear that word manifesting... And this is why the uh, particulars of a word matters. Because two words can mean the same things. Or two sentences. You could literally be saying the same thing. But one will make me roll my eyes. And the other will actually make me listen. And that is personal choice. I get it. There are things that attract certain people. Others, even if they're saying the same thing. Well, when you hear the word manifestation, I think of someone that is just believing that if you just say some shit enough, shit will happen. That's what I hear when I hear the word manifestation. Maybe it's because I've heard of the people in my life that I've come across that specifically have used that word and my judgment and perspective of them has been when they say that it's just them they believe in some zodiac tantric meditation yoga stick it up my ass shit and I'll believe it read a read a couple books and just believe I have found the way and if they just say it I will be this I will be that it will happen and then they kind of forget that it's just the daily work and consistency that will probably lead to that and they don't do any of that and then, but when I hear speak it into existence, that rings different to me. When I hear speak into existence, it's that if you speak it to yourself enough and you live and adopt it and it's on your mind all the time, you will typically gravitate to doing the things that will lead to whatever your destination or whatever the fuck you're trying to do. And I'm not going to get philosophical here, but it's just like, all right, that rings more to me than hearing manifestation it's just like abracadabra it's like i don't know it doesn't sit well with me it grinds my gears when i hear that and by the way therapy haven't been to in a long time i'm not gonna seriously say it's a scam but put it like this what reason does it make sense to charge i i I was listening to some earlier a podcast earlier and they were talking about therapy and I couldn't believe when he said this. He said, yeah, this therapist that I got recommended to, and he has money, so it's not big. It's like, yeah, it's like he it's $180 for every half hour. That is six bucks a fucking minute. I did the math. Wait, am I recurring? Yeah, six times 30. Yeah, six bucks a minute. Six bucks a minute for you to listen to me half the time? That means if you do a full hour, it's $360, in case you didn't want to piece it together. Let Clinton do the math for you. That is literally half the time, if it's going in a normal talking way, you are listening to me. And I'm paying you to listen to me? That's weird, right? And I get it. They're professionals to help you with your stuff. It's like, look, man. This is why I have a hard time taking like psychologists and therapists all that serious. When you see and hear shit like that, there's no reason why it should be 180 bucks for half an hour. No fucking reason. Most people in America don't even make 180 bucks a day, just for context. And typically, most people that don't make that much money are probably the ones that probably need it most because there's probably a lot of shit 
that they're stressing about financially, emotionally, whatever that is caused by because you don't have the means to make life a little bit easier on yourself. That's why typically when you hear people that make a really good living and shitload of money just say, everyone go to therapy. And when you hear these sponsors about BetterHelp and all this shit, maybe BetterHelp's a cheaper avenue. I don't know. But when you hear them just promote everyone should go to therapy, it's good for everyone. It's like, for that amount, it's not going in, like, if you're not making that much money and understand investing in your mental health and all this shit, tell me how your mental health is going to get better being more broke than you are because someone listened to you for half an hour bitch about your unideal life circumstances. And I'm not shitting on people that bitch about their unideal life circumstances. I bitch about a white girl in a Nissan Elettra. Elantra. Why do I keep saying Elettra? Like Carmen Elettra. <laughs> well, Carmen is coming for her. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, use your fucking turn signal. Anyways, I'm making a whole, like, I'm basically making the police report for the accident report, and I was not there when it happened. That's what us men do. Assume. <laughs> but, just the fact that when you hear that, it just lets you know that therapy, is therapy really crypto? Is therapy this, like, crypto, I don't want to say scam, because therapy obviously helps people. But I would also say, if you do therapy for like seven straight years, you're still doing the same thing, maybe just paying someone. Like, you know, there's no way I'm getting 180 bucks worth of money for half an hour of me just saying shit. You want to save money, do a podcast. You could bitch about all the shit you want, and you'll at least feel better for 10 minutes after. And then you go back to your life's problems. Let me save you some money there. There. Do a podcast instead of going to fucking therapy. And all these therapist experts, all these therapists and psychologists or whatever are going to say, no, you just don't understand people's needs. Like, you know what? You don't understand that charging 180 bucks for half an hour does not help anyone. I'm not saying, look, toothpaste. I know I ran about the last podcast. Toothpaste has more of a healthy long term real demand in this world than your therapy session and toothpaste is three bucks a tube i'm not asking you charge three bucks for half an hour but you can at least cut that price by a third it should be like a hundred bucks an hour at most and think about if a therapist works six hours a day and let's let's say they work eight hours a day and let's say they meet six people that's 600 bucks they are not, I understand, not directly in their pocket because they have a rent and everything. But do the math. They work five days a week, three grand a week. That's twelve hundred. That, uh, that's twelve grand a month. Twelve grand times twelve. That's one hundred forty-four thousand dollars a year. Just to tell you, yeah, your mom made you traumatic. They are capitalizing on emotional people who are typically not in the means. So when you hear rich people. When you hear movie stars start talk about destigmatizing therapy, and guess what therapists do? They spike the price up because they know, especially in a pandemic, that it is in more need than ever, and they capitalize on your vulnerable emotional being. Just putting that out there. Just a thought. Not all therapy is bad. I, I know I don't even have to clarify that. Not all therapists have sinister attention. I understand the person they were talking about is, one, it was in New York, right? So, obviously, things are going to be more inflated. And he probably specifically works with r- people who make a living so he could charge that, which is kind of weird that just because I make money doesn't mean I should have to pay exponentially more for every fucking service. If I go to a Levita massage place, if it's seventy nine ninety nine. For a one-hour session for a Joe Schmo like me. You know what? Just because Tom Cruise goes in there, should he have to pay $700? Should he tip more? Should he tip well? Of course. You know, he should probably tip a little bit more. And chances are, Tom Cruise is not going anywhere near Levita Massage. Okay? Um, that's going to be like reverse happy ending because he's not even going to want to be touched down there. And then who's ever massaging him is like, don't worry, Tommy. Uh, don't worry. 
I got gotcha. you. This mission is not impossible. Ah, Jesus, I had to do it. Let it rain, man. Ah, Jesus, I had to do it. I had to do it, Tim. Yeah. But, but like, it, it would be, could you imagine, right? You know, I, 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 I really think we're going to get into a world, and this comes from a person who doesn't make a shitload, by the way. But I do believe, I, I do believe we're going to get to a place in life where, in society with advanced technology and everything, where you are going to have to pay everything based off your income to kind of even out income equality type of thing. For example, like I really believe where there's going to be technology, they're going to attach it to your debit card or cards or any source of money where you are going to have to pay exponentially more for the same thing based off how much income you have. For example, let's say, we'll just keep it simple. Let's say you go into McDonald's, right? If I go in there, and because I'm in a lower to middle class tax bracket somewhere in between, the middle class is going to pay eight bucks for a Big Mac combo, let's just say. Because I'm in the lower middle, let's say I only have to pay $6.40. Now, Let's say you are someone who makes nine figures a year, which you're probably not eating at McDonald's if you make a hundred million. Well, no one's well, only a few people make a hundred million. But let's say your net worth is a hundred million. Let's say Elon Musk for an extreme example. We're to walk in McDonald's to get that same Big Mac combo. Inflate that the oh well, you have to pay four thousand dollars for this combo meal just because it means exactly the same to you. It's like if you start to do $1 to Jeff Bezos, like $1, like $1 to me, Phil, $1 in my account is the same as like, like 500000 to Jeff Bezos or some weird shit, right? Where it's basically 500000 is nothing to them. Same way like $1 would be to the average person. It's just, all right, it's a dollar. It's not the big deal. If you lose a dollar on the street, it's not the end of the world. If Jeff Bezos drops 500000 out of his pocket, ah, oh, fuck, what are you going to do? Shit happens. I really think it's going to get like that. And I'm not a fan of it. I don't care how much money you make. You shouldn't have to pay exponentially more. That's what higher, like, when you make more money, you can go to higher class restaurants where if you want to be charged out of the ass to get the same thing you could get at Chili's, be my fucking guest. That is your choice. That is your money. But services should just be the same. Like, if we have the same grocery cart, we have the same exact amount of items, the same food, the same discounts, the same Kroger card... You shouldn't have to pay, the dude next to me shouldn't have to pay $200 more for his cart when we got the same exact amount of food and accessories just because he makes $120,000 a year. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. But I really do believe, this is just a theory, I really do believe you're going to have to start paying for everything in percentage of how much you make a year and how you calculate that and then we're gonna have tax evasion at an all-time high you think people are avoiding their taxes now to really tell people how much they make jesus christ make it like that everyone's gonna be saying i make eight thousand dollars a year and guess what no one's gonna believe it but it's gonna be really hard to crack down on that shit and i'm not into socialism and capital but like, we're getting a little extreme that just because you make more, you should have to pay everything more. Do I think if you make crazy amount of money, should you be taxed? Should you be getting, should you be not getting taxed? Of course not. Of course you should be getting taxed. And I don't care what the business experts try to say like, oh, well, they provide such a good service. You know, that's why they don't pay taxes. They do all this smart shit. It's like, it's not smart. It's actually illegal and deceiving. Um, it's actually called tax evasion. Um, it's pretty simple terms. It's funny how tax experts and when they speak to the common person, they just think we're all fucking idiots just because we don't know the ins and outs of every fucking taxing or every law in America. That doesn't mean common sense and say, Hey, that doesn't look right. That, that actually just looks illegal. And when you've lived on this earth and you're a reasonable person, you just kind of know when something looks, this feels like it's a law somewhere. 
it just feels like it's illegal. And then you look it up like, oh yeah, it is illegal to not really pay taxes. And I was actually listening to Joe Budden podcast where Ice and Ish and they were talking about tax returns, which interested me because they say if you, which it is true. Basically, if you brag about getting a tax return, you are basically telling the world that you're broke. And if you pay a lot of taxes, it's a sign that you make a lot of money and it's not some, and it, that's actually more of a compliment than getting a tax return. And most of us are somewhere in the middle where you either pay like 40 bucks just for the service of taxes, the difference. It's like, oh, you either pay 40 bucks or you get a small amount back and it's relatively inadequate. doesn't make that much of a difference at the end of the day. You just follow your taxes and by the way, did you know that if you file, just because you file at a tax place like an H&R Block or Jackson Hewitt or, you know, Liberty, or you just go to one of those local tax source number one places, when the tax place starts having numerical hashtags, like it's one of those Asian Chinese places, you deserve, if anything happens to you, I feel no sympathy. Now, if you follow yours with a huge corporation like H&R Block and you pay a pretty decent amount to make sure, like, hey, just make sure I'm not getting combed at four years from now and they're not just trying to snatch, like, garnish everything from me because I lied about $3,000 or I wasn't aware. I had to file my cash tips as well. Or they're trying to assume I made more in cash tips. Whatever. That's a weird thing about when you did do when you do tips for, you know, your income. Not that I have that anymore, but when I did, it was always a weird thing. Like, you gotta put X amount, but you don't want to put all you make because you're trying to stay under the number. And I'm not admitting to because I actually was pretty honest about it. But it's hard to keep track of every fucking cash tip you make when you work at those type of places. But neither here nor there. Because most of your because most people tip in credit cards and your hourly checks. So they have really a pretty good idea of what you make. Um, but yeah. Hey, keep on the low. Gas money. Especially since they stopped doing reimbursement for gas. Which is highly convenient the second I start making money doing that. It's cool though. Fuck me. Um, but yeah, it's a weird thing because I don't think anyone should feel any shame that they get a tax return. It's like you're never going to get all your taxes back. Like people that go into this mindset that I'm getting fucked in the ass every day, every time I get my check and I feel like it's $300 less than it should be. It's like, well, mathematically, like you got tax $120, you made $700, like, you know, is what it is. It's pretty standard percentages. You do the percentages. You actually got a little bit lower than usual. And it all comes about, basically, you do your withholding stuff. The more you get taken out during the year, the more you can get back and vice versa. I know, broke people problems. No one cares. But yeah, um, it's just, uh, I don't think it's, I think the stimulus is different. Like, stimulus, that's not something you should go around, I guess, bragging about. But I'm not ashamed that I got one. Because everyone got one. And, honestly, 80% of people blew through that shit. And, like, you know what? I can actually use an upgrade. I can actually buy some posters. I actually need fluorescent lights to light up the room that I can see through the window of an apartment complex. It's kind of weird in your apartment complex when there's, like, three or four windows. And they're all just... They got those fluorescent neon changing colors lights like they like it's basically just a lava lamp of a fucking room. And like it's like I know all you do in that. I I know all you do in that room is smoke weed and suck dick. And that is OK. I know nothing productive happens in that environment. Nothing productive happens when you have fluorescent lights and shit. When it's one of those dumb like TikTok videos, Instagram videos or whatever. Where someone has a caption where they don't speak, but they just point up to it. It'll be easier to explain in the video version. But I'm pointing up. Like, ever seen the video where someone starts a video and there's some inadequate, innocuous music in the background that they just got from the pre-consistent filter music that you get from these sites. And then they point up to a caption that'd be like, 
When I was younger, my mom hit me in the face. And they let it sit there for five seconds. And then next five seconds, they change hands. And they change the lights. And it's basically a second video they just attached to it. And it says something like, But now, I hit her in the face. Karma. Turn the table, bitch. Like, that's the type of videos these people make. And that's the type of thing when I see rooms. That's what I think. You did all that just to make, like, some TikTok videos. Nothing really productive happens in those rooms. Just saying. Um, I don't think uh, Microsoft was ever made in one of those brightly, dimly lit room. And I'm not shitting on it. If I were to go chill with a lovely lady in there, guess what? I would do exactly what you would assume someone would do in a room that's dimly lit at 11 p.m. at night. That's probably what would happen, okay? And that's okay. But there's a time and place, and stop being a trendy follower. Jesus Christ. I don't even know where you get those lights. Anyways, um, but yeah, what was I talking about? <laughs> I realize I, I really, I don't even despise, I just observe things. And the little things about it, like, I make assumptions, which I think we all do. And, by the way, making judgments and assumptions is kind of a way to protect you from really getting kind of fucked over. Or to protect you from having repeated things happen to you. Or happen around you. Like, I'm not saying, obviously, don't make, like, racial judgments. But stereotypes exist and shit. Like, like when I made the observation of the girl with the Chick-fil-A. Like, yeah. I do believe, like, it is a normal assumption. You know why? Because when I went to college, you know, back in yonder years, guess what? Every day in one of the classes, there would be some white girl around the ages of 19 to 23 that would walk in with a Chick-fil-A cup and a fucking sandwich, and she would fucking eat it like an animal. You inconsiderate fuck. And they think they're cool because they're the cool one bringing Chick-fil-A in class. It's like, bitch, everyone goes there in between classes. In between the gaps when you have like the hour and a half gap between one class and the next. You always tell yourself, I'm going to do work. You know what you do? You go to Zaxby's. You go to Chick-fil-A. You go play basketball. You do something that has completely nothing to do with relevance because it's your downtime. Alright? By the way, anyone that's at a school for nine hours a day in college... Let me tell you, they're probably one of the most least productive people. I'm not speaking from personal experience. I'm speaking because I was around everyone who did that. Because everyone just wanted to chill and fuck around. And that is cool. Did the same. Played pool. Boom. But no one's sitting there for nine hours just studying. Unless it's like two days before the actual test that fucking matters. But Jesus. Clint, stop bitching about shit. Alright. Alright, let's just get to the sponsor. Oh, today's sponsor is BetterHelp. <laughs> wow, I just shit on therapy for like 18 minutes, and my sponsor today is BetterHelp. Let me, hold on, let me pull up the ad. Yes, I do these ad read live, because your boy has made it, okay? Alright, BetterHelp. Ever had a family member suicidal? Ever felt therapy was too expensive? Well, Meet people like you with a little adage. Meet people like you who have an ass. I'm just kidding. That's not part of the read. But ever needed assistance? Ever feel like you're going through a tough time in life? Ever feel like life's got you down? This pandemic has killed all of us, even though really like the pandemic in like eight months ago. It's just people like there's really no restrictions. I was actually talking with a friend earlier. Like in America, there's not really like pandemic like overlord. It's not like. The Canada situation with vaccine where, like, if you don't have vaccines, you literally can't work. You literally can't do this. Like, in America, people can shame you. People can say misinformation. But you know what? No one's stopping you from going to work more times than not. Um, But if you go to, like, Australia, New Zealand, these fucking countries that literally, for, like, 18 months, you can't even fucking leave the house and even China and North Korea, where if you try to leave the house, they literally have police out there ready to arrest you. And some of these countries probably just beat the fuck out of you if they feel like you're killing the population control. But yeah, if you live in one of those countries and you want to over-exaggerate in America, get better help. We all need 
some assistance time to time, we all need someone to talk to. And at the lowest price of therapy across, BetterHelp is your answer. With BetterHelp, you can do anything you put your mind to. It can get your mind out of the draws in life. It can make your memory a little less foggy. It can really clarify the stances you have or don't have. BetterHelp, well, it's in the name. It's BetterHelp. And who knows? Maybe when you've been helped, you can help others. That's what we're here for. An open community where there's no shame. Do it virtual. In the privacy of your own home. You don't have to go to a dinkly office and overpay and pay crazy amounts. It's at your convenience anytime you need it. They have it's a 24-hour service. You can do it at 2 a.m. You can do it at 2 p.m. You can do it on your birthday. You can do it on your wedding day. Better help. Put in the code OFFENBEAT, and you will get absolutely 0% off your service. Um, but it's just nice to put in the code, you know? <laughs> that would be fucked up. It's like, you, congratulations, your code has been accepted. Great. And then you do the final. It's like, oh, no, no, the price is exactly the same, but it just let us know that you listen. Let's let you know that they weren't lying about the analytics, that they do get listens. Your boy's killing it here. Um, but yeah, get better help and get your help today, get your help tomorrow, and let the pain go away. And that is the ad read. That is the sponsor for today. So yeah, back to the episode. Camera switch. This is my editing skills. Alright, so yeah. Um, have you ever, uh... One thing that's fascinated me, and just kind of like a brief observation I've made of things. Are poor people really the backbone of this country? Or are they a hindrance? What do you define as poor? Poor is obviously, poor is just typically associated with financial, you know, wealth and shit like that. But there's a lot of people with money who are poor. And, oh, you could be rich and you could be rich and still poor. You know, like, I'm not talking about like a song lyric. Um, but in the, in the wake of last year and the essential workers, right? Of course, everything comes back to the means and society, government, and people really tell you how they feel when things go back to normal. Oh, fuck you. You work at this place, but you were essential nine months ago, and I really cherished and loved you so much, and I left a positive Yelp review, but fuck you now because you said you won't drop it off at my door, and I didn't tip. It's like, yeah. Um... Not everything is this um, scapegoat for your bullshit. And I, I don't. I don't always feel the need to speak for the voiceless because technically, I guess I'm technically part of that community, even though I make my voice out there more than less. <laughs> I'm basically like a voicemail. You just kind of store me in your phone just for five months later. When it was a drunken voicemail, just to, when you're feeling down about yourself and be like, he loves me. <laughs> and that's all you need. You don't need to actually coincide or interact with me. You have that voicemail to be like, I feel good about myself now. The confidence to go get my back blown out by another guy. Oh, God, love it. Oh, oh God, love it. And yes, she did. Um, But yeah. It's fascinating because... Without poor people, without people who live below your means, technically, and I guess right now, technically, I'm speaking to people who believe that poor people are a nuisance to society. You know, there's actually theories out there, and not my theory, but of course there's a thing that we literally have too many people on this earth. People who say America, like, 
one things I don't necessarily agree with Jordan Peterson among many, but and I don't think he's in favor of just like we got to kill like thirty percent of the American population, but he really does believe that like we have too many people in America and we really need to do something about it type of shit. But just from a personal, I guess like without because his is more like uh you know environmental whatever and i was thinking because i really believe we need to have poor people in the middle rich people in the insanely absurd rich i honestly believe hierarchy is actually really good for society it's just not good when of course the highest of the highest just basically create, I guess, like monopolize. But at the same time, typically, if you're making Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos type of money, you're creating a lot of jobs. Now, could you pay your employees more, better benefits, make sure they have water fountains, make sure like the air conditions at least to like, just can you put it the 78, man? Like, it's you have all this money, you invest so much, you have the biggest revenue streaming company and you can't just put an air conditioning unit in each warehouse to prevent lawsuits. Because honestly, the lawsuits and the union shit, like 9% of that shit would go if you just put air conditioning, man. And just like made realistic, adjustable standards. But there needs to be the Jeff Bezos of the world. The Elon Musk. There needs to be the really rich people like in entertainment or like comedians and shit. Who make absurd money when it doesn't necessarily make sense. There needs to be the middle class people. And there needs to be poor. Because someone's got to work. Someone's got to do things. And some people actually. I really believe that. There are people. That provide better service to this world. Who make $20,000 a year. Than people who make $20 million. They provide bigger impact in their communities. They provide more of a... They provide more of an at-home type of feeling. A more intimate type of impact. Like, people think... People think, like, if someone's a high school basketball coach. Like, that's a failure. That's not where they want to be. They didn't make it to the NBA. But that high school coach is going to coach there for 20... 25 years he's gonna get a steady increase in pay but he's never gonna be rich as hell but think about it over 30 years he's gonna have approximately like 400 to 500 kids play for him he's gonna make more direct impact in shaping those kids but get the least around the least amount of financial reward and nba coaches are really just getting close to finished products of all the coaches actually shaped them to get there. And the parents that shaped them to get there. And they get to say, well, I taught them how to, you know, set screens and pop out to the free throw. And master that Kevin Garnett jumper. It's like, okay. But he had to be in shape. He had to be athletically built. He had to have a work ethic to get there. And you guys are just like... You guys are basically Spotify, like, yeah, you know, Joe Rogan, yeah, you know, come over here, we'll we'll uh, make your podcast bigger than that. It's like actually going on your platform is actually going technically less than the amount of viewers I can get, and the only thing you provide the licensing aspect is I get a lot of fucking money from you that I could probably make on my own anyways, but it's less of a hassle. Because there's this weird thing with his podcast, by the way, that I heard earlier, that before Spotify, the engagement for people that go on a show would be around 10 million on their social media platforms. I don't know what that necessarily means, but it could mean 10 million combination of followers, likes, comments, and shit. Like, there's a 10 million percent increase. And now, it's like a 1.5 million engagement, which is still good, but it's not the crazy amount. Because it's on a singular platform, essentially. Um... Yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there. But I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that poor people thing. Poor me. 
pour me another drink. Um, oh, Jesus. Fun fact. I hate to be in this. I, I can make this. I know this is going to. Oh, this should be called the stereotyping podcast. Um, I can make this stereotype because I actually literally have worked at a Dunkin' Donuts. And you know what? I'm about to air them out. And not the company specifically. But every owner that owns a Dunkin' and every person that is in charge of a Dunkin' location is Indian, Pakistanian, you know. I'm not even going to pretend to like know all the countries, all the technical terms, but you know what I'm referring to, right? Okay. This is the type of shit when you talk about you probably get canceled, but this isn't just about like being Indian or Pakistani. It's about the creepiness in some workplace environments. And honestly, I think the mentality of what they feel of us entitled Americans. So yes, I'm about to actually get into some real divisive type of racial, well, not even racial, but culture barriers, you know, because if you use culture, oh, like, oh, it's a culture, the word culture, by the way, is such a generic, basic term that you can get called out and use it incorrectly and find out and find a way to finagle it to say you used it correctly. Because what does culture mean? When people say culture vulture and stuff like that, they're really just saying race, for the most part, like if you say um, Justin Bieber and Timberlake, they're culture vultures. You're really just saying they're stealing from black people. They're stealing from black culture. When culture isn't necessarily specifically race, but when we say it, it's that we're not really getting deep in the weeds of where that specific type of music, where literally the origin of the specific city, place, person it actually was created. We just generalize it really with race and you know not that it really needs to go beyond that because the sentiment is still the same i don't feel like you got to know the ins and outs of every single detail in history to understand something for what it is it's okay that's why i think the whole i'm, I'm gonna get back to the point i'm gonna get back to the the dunkin donuts indian uh ownership type of shit right because as working for them i have a lot of thoughts about that but um, shit, now I lost my fucking train of thought with this. Uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Ah, oh, Jesus, client, get your shit together. Get your shit together. Like Drake and Georgia Smith. Get it, your shit together. More life. I don't know why they call it playlist. How is a 23-song playlist where it actually actually seems like a cohesive album? Like, all the songs that sound actually pretty similar in taste and style of music. Um, so I actually consider that a better put together album than Certified Lover Boy. Just saying. Just from an album standpoint. Um, God damn it, what the fuck? Wish I could just like rewind the camera. Like to I wish I could just pause it, but you can't just pause this camera. You have to fucking just keep just keep pounding. Jesus, I fuck. I had a great fucking point too. Fuck. Oh, culture. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about, okay. That's why when, like, people stress, uh, for one, like, the Joe Rogan misinformation, or really just misinformation in today's world, people always say, oh, sources, 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 sources. You know what? They could put 35 fucking sources of where they're sourcing their shit from. You know how many of those fucking links you're going to click on? Absolutely none. You know why? Because you assume if people put sources somewhere... That, oh, they know what the hell they're talking about. There's a lot here. That means they did their part. Like, it's a works-sided page. Like, honestly, I hate to break it to you. Most teachers you had, high school, college, when you had when they stressed the works-sided page, because without it, uh, your paper would literally get, like, 30 points off of it. Because, especially if it was something that required research and shit. You know how many of those works-sided they actually went through? Absolutely none. I had to break it to you. They absolutely clicked zero of those links. Because you know what? They had to grade 33 papers in a two-week span. You really think they're sitting there grading each paper for an hour and 20 minutes, making sure you got everything correct? You know why? Because whatever your topic is, they already know the topic inside and out, or at least they're supposed to. 
if they're doing their job. And they know when they see someone's bullshit, they just want you to just like get in the habit of looking up sources, which is actually a good teaching tactic. But just because someone puts the sources, no one is sitting there reading 35 articles to make sure everything that was said in something or done in something or written in some is correct. So you can get the absolute fuck out of here stressing about sources. Because even if you were given the sources, you're not going to be like, hey, got to admit. It's like, no, you're not going to admit shit. Absolutely. Anyways, back to working for Indian and Pakistanians. Um, I can say... Here's my experience working at Duncan. Okay. I'm never going to say I was underpaid because I accepted what I was paid at the time. I didn't really have leverage. I honestly worked more at the Duncan I worked at because I worked with my best friends and other friends. And that was a place in my life where I didn't need a shitload of money. I actually enjoyed aspects of the job. Um, Wasn't the most pay or nothing by any means. But, and... You know, it's just like you get in the habit working somewhere. It's a job I had during school at times as a second job. It was cool for what it was. But man, they make Dunkin' Donuts employees. That they really do. They are the art of understaffing their employees. At, at nighttime, critical points in the morning, most locations. Except on the weekends. Even on the weekends... So pretty bad, um, as my experience were. But you don't want to know why that is. One, they're in the definition of really trying to work people the most, but giving them the least amount of pay. What do I mean by that? Meaning, not all six-hour shifts are created equal. And that's the one shitty thing about like wage jobs, that it's kind of weird when you work one again. I'll admit, like when you work a tip pays job, a tip, a a tip incentive job where the majority of your income is tips, basically how hard you work, how much you work, how many houses you go to, if it's delivery, how many tables you waited, blah, blah, blah. Typically, the more you put in, the more like actual physical, the more moving and shit, you're probably going to make a lot of money because you're working more people. You, it's the best scenario because if you work at busy places, you're going to make a really good amount of money. Problem when you work a wage job is that regardless of eight, if you have eight customers that day or eight thousand, you're getting that ten bucks an hour, and you can go fuck yourself if you have a problem with it. That's the one thing about when you get, when you get in the interest. So oh, the goo shoes, like what I'm, all I'm saying is that not all shifts are created equal, right? So when you have someone by themselves. In charge of a lot of responsibilities, that's not realistic to get done in a timely fashion, but they're still held to that standard. They basically want you to do the work of three people, but get paid as one person. And I'm not, and look, I get it, oh, that's why you upgrade in life. I know, I don't work at that place anymore. But I'm saying, when you wait in lines for long times at these places, and you see they're understaffed, just keep that in mind. Um... But my experience with Duncan is that Indian, Indian, the Indian and Pakistan culture. Typically, anytime you have um, any type of immigration, they they have a very, I want to say negative, but they definitely have a um, an unadjusted point of view of Americans that we are lazy fucks, and because where they're from. They work a lot harder for a lot less. So they honestly think we're already overpaid as it is, which is cool. Like, whatever. You still have to pay us what's legal. It's cool. Um, I, I never was missing money in my checks or nothing. But they're going to make you do the most amount of work and pay you the least. And, you know, whatever. But it does set this weird, uh, my experience with them is that They have a they have a warped sense of employee treatment and standards. And 
you know what? I'll just say it. I don't work there. They're already starting to threaten to not give me my free shit anymore. It's cool. Anyone can get it. Besides, we're past the hour part of the pod. I feel like once you get past the hour, you can't cancel someone. I've already let free and all that shit. Um, they have a weird incest culture where they are all... It's really like this family business and it's Dunkin' Donuts. And I've seen some weird predatory shit from a dude that looks like he's 42 with losing hair and he's younger than you. And at the time, I was 24. And this dude's literally my age. And he's in charge of this whole operation. He already looks down on me because I'm the sandwich station guy. It's like, all right, man, because yeah, I get it. I'm the whipping boy. It's slow. I'm one man. I'm a one-man band on the station. And I'm running the shit with a broken oven. And guess what? It's in the fucking oven. Only my friends get that reference, but it's cool. Um, <laughs> It's in the fucking oven, Haley. <laughs> Funny, we, we all laughed about it after that. Actually, it was weird because that incident actually grew us closer, but it was in a real moment of anger. Because when you have Indians... India, is that the proper term? Not Indians, like, you know, Native American, like, you know, Indian culture people. Um, they, they, uh, they, they don't have a lot of wiggle room for understanding. It's pretty cutthroat. And there's a respect for it because it does make you a better employee, kind of. Like, it's no, no excuses. You get the shot, you get the shit done. Even if it's highly unrealistic unreasonable yeah i got 15 sandwiches on the screen and i have a minute and a half to make them all i cut up all this fucking bread and you're gonna tell me ignore the people in front counter and they start yelling where's my food i was like sorry they told me to go fuck y'all selves and just worry about this fucking window these lazy fucks and then their drinks not even ready when they get their food so then i get bitched at because i slowed the whole process down it's like you know what Fuck you. The point I'm trying to make, because now my camera's about to shut off in like a few minutes, is that Indian people play no games. My experience working at Dunkin' Donuts is I enjoy the benefits of after. I consider my retirement plan from Dunkin' at the young age of 24 when I left there. Um, I got a retirement plan of 401k of just free fucking drinks for life. And now they're taking that away. Imagine getting your pension of 401k taken away. All because they want to prove a bigger point, even with all the bullshit you went through with them. But hey, this is America. That's episode 105 of the Off and Beat podcast. Like, subscribe, and suck some titties. The camera's about to shut off. That's why I'm rushing. I don't know why it's about to shut off now, but then yesterday, it was like an hour and 12 minutes, and it wasn't, it's not like 8% left. This camera's a weird fucking thing. I don't know. Have a great day. Oh, Jesus. Gotta record another one later. Gotta record another pod and still say fuck myself, right? Ah, Jesus.